1: Mothership has connected. Welcome aboard. It's the four-hour cosmic cocktail party. TA with you from the CBS Sports Radio Studios in New York City. Broadcasting to affiliates nationwide and north of the border. Anchorage to Atlanta, Des Moines, Delaware, Kalamazoo, and Waterloo Way are on the air. They listening, D.A., everything we're saying, D.A., everything. And we thank you very much for joining us this morning here on this fine radio program. Coming your way this morning on the program, we continue with the sounds of Saturday. The voices of college football as we zoom in on 25 of the most interesting storylines of the college football season. We look at Miami. We looked at Miami yesterday. We have looked at Nebraska with Matt Rule. And today, we're looking at TCU. Brian Estridge is the voice of the Horned Frogs. He's going to join us in hour number four as TCU went all the way to a national championship game last year, won a college football playoff game In crazy fashion last season. And so we'll talk to Brian Estridge about where TCU is going into in 2023. Also this morning on the program, Commanders tight end Logan Thomas. New vibe in Washington. New quarterback Sam Howell. New ownership as well. And so some serious optimism around the Commanders. Fans finally have a reason to feel good as Dan Snyder elbowed out. We'll talk to Logan Thomas coming up in hour number three. This hour in 20 minutes, sound check in 40 minutes, a Wednesday staple champ and chump. I wanted to begin with college football because this story is interesting. We've had NFL players get jammed up for betting on games, get jammed up for betting on even other sports, but doing it at a team facility or the team hotel. Now we have college athletes getting jammed up. Iowa State quarterback Hunter Deckers accused of betting on events involving the Cyclones, including a football game two seasons ago among four current or former players at Iowa State charged with betting on games. 366 bets totaling $2,800 placed on a DraftKings Sportsbook account linked to Deckers, including 26 on Iowa State games. This includes Iowa State against Oklahoma State football in October of 2021. Deckers did not play in that game. And the affidavit does not reveal which team or what type of bet that he made on the game. Cyclones won by a field goal 24-21. Deckers was also under 21 years old, the legal betting age in the state of Iowa. We also have current Iowa State athletes, Panero Johnson, who's a sophomore wrestler, Dodge Souser, a sophomore football player, and a former Cyclones football player as well, all charged with tampering with records. As Souser made 113 online bets for about 3000 bucks, including 12 wagers on Iowa State games. And he's an Iowa State player. Johnson won a Big 12 wrestling title last year as a freshman at Iowa State. He threw down... Nearly 1,300 bets online, betting more than $45,000. Now, unless you're Pat Boyle, that's a lot of sauce. It's about the money.
2: M-O-N-E-Y-D-A.
1: And I mentioned the former player who made 100, more than 800 bets online for more than 21,000 players drafted by the Broncos in the 4th round suspended indefinitely for violating the NFL's gambling policy as well in which he bet on games during his rookie season what you have here is a situation where we have the NFL taking all of the cash from DraftKings, FanDuel, BetMGM, all of the sports books and saying fans bet Fans, bet more. Fans, bet a lot. But players, no, you can't do that. And of course, there's going to be players who think like fans, who think like just regular civilians, don't put two and two together. As idiotic as that is, we've seen players get jammed up doing that and suspended for full seasons. But I ultimately don't think your professional athletes, your NFL players, are the ones that are most susceptible to getting sucked into the legalized betting gambit. College kids? That's where there's a problem, and I'll explain. It is where we begin. You're cold open.
3: The complaint stating Hunter Deckers placed more than 350 bets using a DraftKings account and 26 of them were placed on ISU sporting events. The 2021 Iowa State versus Oklahoma State football game is one listed in the complaint as being bet on. Deckers did not play in that game. Here's what we know. The complaint alleges Deckers placed bets from fall of 2021 up until this May, totaling over $2,700. Court documents accuse him of covering up the illegal gambling by using a different name for the DraftKings account. It states the account used by Deckers was under the name Jamie Deckers. That's his mother's name. Court documents showing Jamie and Scott Deckers, his father, engaged in this scheme with Hunter.
2: I don't believe!
1: The most amazing, sensational, dramatic, heartrending. It's DA's top story. Here he goes. It's your cold open. The audio courtesy of KCCI News in Des Moines with reporter Kalia James. Nice. So Hunter Deckers is using his mom's name on his DraftKings account, and his parents are involved in having him bet on games and make them a little bit of cash, I guess. Great. Well, the family that illegally bets together. Okay, so here's why it's a bigger deal in the NCAA. Because if you throw down the threat or the reality that an NFL player is going to be suspended for a full season, that's a year's worth of revenue, a year's worth of pay, a year's worth of salary that that player is... Hunting away, And while some players can afford to do so, many players cannot afford a full year without making any money. Secondly, there's a lot of players in the NFL that are hanging on by a thread, that are just trying to get to another contract. And once you throw a season-long suspension to their face, they become a year farther removed from getting that next contract because now they're a year rusty. Maybe they're untouchable. Maybe this is the type of baggage somebody else doesn't want to touch. And so the threat is real in the NFL of getting suspended for a year and that potentially affecting the rest of your career. That's all you've wanted to do is play football professionally for your entire life and that threat can be taken away. Doesn't mean it won't happen. Doesn't mean there won't be more suspensions. But that threat hanging over players, especially after you have this kind of early years of popping guys so that it becomes more aware and it's talked about more in the facility, that will end up being effective in my estimation. In college, though, think about how many more athletes you are trying to to, to guide, to look after, and college kids, the younger you are, more prone to poor decision-making, and if you're in college, not everybody making mo- not everybody's making money on NIL. Some are, most aren't. So you have a bunch of players that, yes, are on scholarship, but aren't making an income, and so where does the income come from? For their bar money? For their movie money? For their food money? For their travel money when they want to go do something? It's coming from places like betting. Now, these aren't huge sums. Most of these bets are 50 bucks, 100 bucks, what have you. So it's recreational sums of money. But your college student, your college athlete, is so susceptible to the marketing that's going on all over the place because when you're in college, you usually don't have much cash. And you're usually into sports. And you're usually watching a lot of games. And you're usually going, yeah, you know what? If I throw 50 bucks on this or 125 bucks on this and I can make $300, that pays for X, Y, and Z this week. So college kids here are naturally susceptible to it. Plus, you're in college, you're looking for juice. Every day is about looking for juice. The juice is either about chasing down the girl that you like or the guy that you like. It's about going to the bars with your friends. It's about going on a road trip on the weekend to go do something, go to visit another school. Or when you're at the dorm or when you're in your 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 apartment you got some money on something you got some juice on something so this is, is naturally a place where you can you can get nailed but the college athlete as well has inside information the college athlete knows who's injured who's not who's going to be suspended for Saturday's game who's not who's been drunk all week who's not whether the quarterback broke up with his girlfriend, his head's in the clouds this week or not. And those kids will absolutely use that information if it's not themselves personally, floating it to mom and dad, or more than likely, their buddy who's not on the team is saying, throw this down for me. Or you should get in on this as well. And now that you've opened up the gates to legalize gambling, that's where you can get a lot of trouble. I think the NFL... It's not foolproof, but it's more airtight on shadiness happening with lines, with betting action, and with athletes involved in the process. The college space is primed for this, and it would not surprise me if Hunter Deckers, if the NCAA wants to go after this, which in this case... It's not. It's legal affidavits, and it's the the a, a probe by the Iowa Criminal Division. It's not an NCAA thing. If states, municipalities, and the law starts getting involved, that's I think where you can start uncovering some major stuff going on when it comes to legalized gambling and collegiate athletes. Eight five five. 212 4CBS is the phone number, 855 212 4227, or on Twitter, DA on CBS. So last night we had a no no thrown in Major League Baseball, and this time it's Fromber Valdez of the Houston Astros. And this is on a day that the Astros acquired Justin Verlander. Now, the Astros are an easy target around Major League Baseball after their betting scandal. Nobody likes them. It's easy to root against them. Last year's World Series championship, I think, it douses a little bit of the fire that was raging after 2017's win, that they cheated, that they didn't deserve it, that they're, they could only win that way because last year, obviously, they validated themselves as an organization by winning it, we assume, cleanly but still this year when the astros started off slowly and the rangers had loaded for bear and the rangers had led the the american league in wins and led the division as well i think a lot of people enjoyed watching the astros kind of just kind of slide their way through the first half of the season and now you look up the astros have not only Added Justin Verlander, who won a Cy Young award with them and championships with them. Now you have another member of the staff who's not even their ace pitching a no-hitter last night, from Valdez. But they're also only a half game back of the Texas Rangers in the AL West, and they're getting right at the right time. The Astros are going to be a problem again. And the Astros, the betting, the the. Cheating scandal will always hang over, hover over that organization and some of the players that were involved in it. No doubt. But I think it's, they're going to be impossible to shake. And these these types of seasons where they don't look great and yet they find themselves in the race and now they've added a major arm and now they're going to be just as difficult as anybody in the American League to defeat shows that they're still a really healthy organization and a really well-run organization. From the standpoint of the sellers, the team in Queens that sold Justin Verlander, I don't blame them at all. They're, they have a lot of money and not a lot of prospects. And so that's the trade-off that they're doing right now. But for the Astros, in an American League where the Orioles have the best the best record of the American League, But they're really young and really raw. A raised team that has leveled off somewhat after their red hot start. An American League Central where nobody's that good. The Twins are right around 500 leading to the division. A Rangers team that is finally getting its first taste of the postseason and a pennant stretch in a long time. The Astros lurk. The Astros, they live again
2: An educated person can't think he's going to get a recruit by uh, strippers coming in. They can fire you, but they can't eat you. And they run through our ass like through a tin horn, man, and we could not stop them. The audio you need
1: to hear. It's DA Soundcheck. All right. You can always listen to us at hundreds of affiliates nationwide, as well as Sirius XM, channel 158, and stream us using the free apps, the Odyssey app, or the CBS Sports app. Soundcheck begins with bill belichick asked whether mac jones and bailey zappi are in a quarterback competition everybody's out here competing it's all 90 guys yeah that's what we're all here for just go out and compete
3: so mac jones isn't necessarily your everybody's we out here competing like everybody's
1: out here competing that's what everybody's doing
5: we
3: asked mac the other day
5: how his relationship is it good with you and he said i think so i'm just curious do you what's your characterization of your relationship my relationship
1: good with every player We're in mid-season form. (laughs) August 2nd. We're in mid-season form. Might as well be December 2nd. I love this. Imagine showing up to camp late July. Optimism reigns supreme. It's hot out. All the fans are in t-shirts and shorts. Yee, I love Mac Jones. Oh, yee. Yee, I love the Patriots. Go up, ask Bill a question. He just snorts grunts stares daggers at you and you're like oh right this beat
4: sucks DA, <laughs> yeah, you you did a lot of time in boston did
1: did anybody ever try to break through him anybody ever try to yeah there's good reporters up there that that know the bit and so they go into it trying to to soften him up and hoping that maybe just maybe you get a break a little bit But he's usually okay in the preseason. It's just when the real game starts when he gets really, really nasty. Ornery. Yeah. In this case, you can tell that he knows there's pressure on the team and you're not going to get a crack out of him from now right through the end of the season. So. It's going to be a marathon for everybody on that beat. <laughs> this is <laughs> this is a war of attrition starting in August. It's, it's August
4: second. I mean, he can't say that Mac Jones is a starting. Is, is Bailey Zappi really going to win the starting QB job in training camp?
1: No, nope. with every player, but he can't say it. He uh, can't no, say. Everybody's it. Got, everybody's on here competing. Everybody, everybody's got a job to do. Jordan Love had Peyton Manning show up at Packers training camp. Here is Jordan Love. It was awesome seeing Peyton. Um, that was the first thing I saw when I walked into the indoor
5: for practice it was him standing there. Um, so it was awesome. Yeah, we talked for a good amount of time before practice, and then obviously he talked to the whole team. Um, we were able to ask him some questions, things like that. He just pick his brain, but uh, it was awesome having him here. He had a lot of really good gems just in, in terms of taking notes, um, how you watch film, you know, when you're at home by yourself. Are you writing down questions? Things that you can, you know, come back, ask your coaches later. Um, how are you asking to be coached? Like, are you a guy that, you know, wants to be, coach really hard um, are you guy that kind of just wants to be able to do your own thing and um, it, it all matters he, he, he said that when he was a player that
1: was his biggest thing was he wanted to be coached really hard um, he always wanted to be told what he was doing wrong um, and, and things like that here's my big takeaway Peyton Manning can't come in and talk to the team when Aaron Rodgers is their quarterback <laughs> only when Rodgers is gone are you allowed to bring in another Hall of Fame quarterback and say yeah why don't you talk to the guys if Rodgers were there, everyone's like, no, 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 no. Yeah, but Peyton wants to show it. No, no, can't do that. But Peyton would have some good stuff to say. "Mm -mm, No, we don't. Do not let Aaron Rodgers even know you talked about this. He's the king around here. Remember that. Last night, Royals and Mets. This calls courtesy of Bally Sports Kansas City. As they are tied in the bottom of the 10th. There's a runner on third, and the Mets' Josh Walker doesn't even need to throw a pitch to lose this one. And he's thrown one wild pitch. And
2: was that with the pitch clock getting down toward one? The umpires are going to have a chat about this. Matt Quattrero is already out. The Mets tried to claim that it was a pitch clock issue or a pitch calm issue.
1: Oh, no. We Mm. suck again. (laughs) Still suck. (laughs) 3-3 going into extra innings. The Mets put up two in the top of the 10th to take a 6-4 lead, and then they completely melt down bottom 10. And they lose on a walk off balk, which yeah. is a rarity. Walk off balk.
4: I think there's a throwing error in there as well to fuel said rally.
5: Come
1: Pete, on,
4: man! Pete Alonzo got smashed in the face by a pop up because he slid into it face first. Yeah, <laughs> <Now>, doofus. Yeah, <laughs> the broadcast team calling guys by the wrong name because yeah. Gary Cohen wasn't there. I know we, you know we got the embargo, but we got to move past that one. Not
1: look, not a great night for anybody that uh, plays for the team in Queens. But I would just say this. There's a lot that's being made of, oh, my God, Steve Cohn's paying so much money for players not to be part of the team. They're trading away these veterans. Mark Canna was traded. Verlander, they traded away Max Scherzer. Am I forgetting one Tommy or two?
5: Tommy Pham, David Robertson, Tommy Dominic Leone, Pete, anybody uh, not that Dominic can
4: go
1: <laughs> Yeah. Wait, Bilotti got traded? He did. For
4: Carlos with a K? Yeah, that's that's why he's not here.
1: (laughs) Bilotti got traded to AEW. Yeah, he has
4: has (laughs) two days to report. He's
1: going to run the soundboard for Taz. (laughs) So people are like, oh my goodness. they're They're paying so much money for these players not to play for them. But I actually find this to be the smartest move the team in Queens could have done. Their competitive advantage is money, is finances. What they don't have is young players in a farm system. What you can't do is buy draft picks in Major League Baseball. You have to trade for prospect. You can't just buy draft picks like the NBA where a wealthy team tells a less wealthy team, hey, we want your first. We want two seconds. Okay, so we have minor player transactions, but we want the picks in there. Baseball, you can't do that.
5: You also can't tank for Victor Webanyama because the number one pick in the baseball draft isn't going to help you for two or three years. So there's not the quick rebuild you can get in the NFL, drafting a quarterback, in the NBA, drafting a star. And in New York with Cohen, they're not going to do a full teardown.
1: So this is the way to do it on the fly. Exactly. So the best thing that the team in Queens did was they identified the season's over. We're not going to hold out false delusional hope that the last two months change anything. Let's sell. And it's a white flag on the season and it might be a white flag on next year but that's the move and it's like oh my goodness they paid 50 million dollars of verlander's contract from not to play for the for the team who cares if you make you know a boatload of cash and you go into a candy store and they're like wow i can't believe you bought 50 dollars worth of gummy worms it doesn't matter it's only 50 bucks to you it doesn't matter that it's only gummy, gummy worms for the mets and steve cohen Cutting checks to bring back prospects is the only way they can get to where they want to get to faster unless you just suck for five years and then use those draft picks on your own prospects. So this is the smartest way for them to do so. It it means the season's over, but the season was over anyway. So, look, you cut checks to whoever wants the money so that you get better prospects in return, and they've been able to get Ronald Acuna Jr.'s younger brother, who's a talented guy, And they got two of the best players of the Astros farm system, even though they're young, for the Verlander trade.
5: And for those of you not following things, those the two guys, Acuna Jr.'s brother and the the lead guy, Drew Gilbert, from the Astros, immediately become the Mets' top two prospects. That's how limited their farm system was. And it was already money they were going to spend on Verlander. I know he's not going to pitch for them, but now they've got some money off the books, They've got fresh blood in there. And the Verlander trade's not the Scherzer trade. The Scherzer trade, he's done. I've been startled by how many people apparently didn't watch him pitch. I know you can look at some numbers and go, okay, he's been okay. He has not pitched well in a big spot for the Mets in his tenure as a Met. And let's not forget, before that, he couldn't finish the season. He asked out of his last start the year before. He's done. The fact that they turned him into anything is a coup for the Mets. Because so, it, it was only
1: a rental, too. Right. last two months of the season, then he's up.
5: Yeah. Well, and, and then he, he opted into next year okay. for the Rangers, which is why the Mets are giving more money to Texas. But that's money they were going to have to give to him anyway because he was going to opt in and stay here probably – to begin with. Until he pitches seven shutout in the ALCS. <laughs> you know what? If, if he does that, then shame on whoever's he, in charge of stairs. But he's he, been but basically been he useless had some good, He
4: had some good games. But but t- never, eight innings of one run against the Dodgers. He went seven shutout, or seven shutout against the Dodgers. Eight innings, one run against the Astros. The the Dodgers start was the only one of maybe a couple where you could go, okay, that one mattered. All
5: his other good starts were against crap teams. But it doesn't then,
1: matter if he pitches well for the Rangers in the ALCS because... The team in Queens was not making the NLCS.
5: So it matters to me that I think he's cooked. So the fact that they got rid, like trading him, was about getting out of a bad situation. He was not going to help them, and I don't think he's going to help the Rangers. He might beat up the Royals or the A's, but I was at Fenway when he gave four home runs to Boston. I was at the playoff game last year when he gave four home runs to the Padres. He sucks in big spots now. He's not Max Scherzer anymore. He's going to get raked by somebody when it matters The the
4: problem I have with what you guys are saying is that you guys seem to be fine, and a lot of teams and Queens fans are fine, with them punting on next year as well, when you have all that money. How is it not, how do you not gear up for it again next year with the quote-unquote talent you have in the lineup? Because I think we have to see what they, they're not going to sit this winter out.
5: So, and I know what they told Scherzer, and I'm not saying that they lied to Scherzer, but... They're not punting completely on next year because next year they still have Alonzo, they still have Lindor, they still have Alvarez, they still have Nimmo, they still have McNeil, they still have Senga, hopefully a full year of Quintana. Edwin Diaz comes back. They're just not going to go, they're not going to give $86 million to two 40-year-old starting pitchers. I think we need to take whatever Scherzer is relaying from Billy Epler, to the Athletic with a grain of salt. They're not punting all completely on next year. They're just going to be smart because they think their future now is coming from within the organization, not outside of it.
1: Well, the point is that that's all right. Steve Cohen wants to build a Dodgers model. Whether you can do so or not remains to be seen. But the Dodgers model is... Every year, they don't go out and spend the most money. Right. They didn't this year. They have constant influx of great young prospects that they just keep plugging in that becomes the core to extend... How many years have they won the NL West? It's it's, it's a decade? I mean, yeah. Yeah. So the idea is the team in Queens needs to have a farm system first and foremost that keeps pumping that young talent into the team every year so that they have an extended window. The... Problem is, Steve Cohen can't buy a farm system. The only way you can do it is if you actually acquire prospects, good prospects, let them come through, or you suck for 10 years. He's not ready to suck for 10 years. So, this is the best best game plan, and I would advise any really wealthy owner to do this. Don't think about what the players you trade away will do for another team. You have to think about what you're getting in return, and your competitive advantage is the money. If you can't buy draft picks to make your own picks, you can only spend money in this case. Let other people give you your, the prospects you want or good prospects, and you pay for the players that you trade away. That's the competitive advantage teams in New York, L.A., Chicago, Boston, etc., have. In this case, maybe Texas is in that realm. I mean, yeah. teams that have a lot of money, this is the way to do it. So, It's easy to kill the team in Queens. They've been a disgrace all season long. But the game plan moving forward of doing this is the right game plan. They just have to see if they got the right players in return for it. And it's still embarrassing to admit defeat to give up. It's coming off a
5: 100-win season thinking they were going to be better with, Ver- with I mean, Verlander and Scherzer. Roll
1: ever for yeah. a single-season team. So this is egg on their face, no doubt. 100%. All the punchlines are legitimate, but they're, this
5: is better than thinking that there wasn't a problem and just continuing to go
1: down the same path. That's right. And again, if your competitive advantage is spending money, you trade away players now, you cut checks to get prospects, and then you spend more money in the offseason for short-term stuff, and then you keep. Maybe selling those for prospects. You right. know, whoever the next big ticket free agent is, you sign to a two- or three-year deal and say, fine, we're cutting the check. And Then next year, if we suck again, we trade him for another series of prospects.
4: Meanwhile, me and Carlos with a K, the Cubbies fans back here, went from sellers
1: to buyers. 20 How about that? on the Reds last night. <laughs> 20 runs. The Cubbies have suddenly got life, and now you guys got juice for a petted stretch. Go, Cubs, yeah. go. Let's save it for the update.
4: Go, Cubs, Tease, go. Tease, hint, hint.
5: By the Hey, way, Chicago, what do you say? The Cubs, Cubs are gonna win today. today. Look at my shirt, by the way. I forgot. I'm wearing my Wrigley shirt. There you that. go. Really wow. By accident. Bugs is all in. I'm in.
1: Look at this. Sign me up. Finally, Kevin Wall loves Bon Jovi. We know this. He loves Bon Jovi so much he <laughs> considers Bon Jovi Christmas music. <laughs> and is it's this Christmas music, funeral music, it's all encompassing. Is this audio from his the radio? Twitter. Oh, this is from his from, social from his media. Account? He
4: posted a video of him doing karaoke. Don't know where the bar is, don't know what city it's in. There is uh, all of about seven people in there. Did we ask for permission to play this?
1: We did not. Good. Kevin Wall is a diaper D alien has been a part-time fill-in guy for us on the board and producing for a number of years now.
5: And much like Justin Verlander, worked here, <laughs> thought there were greener <laughs> pastures elsewhere, left for a little bit, and in less than a year was traded back to us.
1: Right, that's right. So here is one and only Kevin Wall on his social media account. It's a very Bon Jovi Christmas.
4: You got it. The video is incredible because he is walking around to the like there's like an 85 year old man with his daughter, I think, next to him. There's another elderly guy. He's walking up to them and he's doing the you know, he's going to it's all right. And then giving them the mic to say it. And they're, they're all like late and it's not in tune. The, the chorus hits where it's just the, it's all right, it's all right, and Kevin tries to sing the, who says you can and then quickly realizes he got it wrong. And then the guy at the end, I'm pretty sure he says, they've been here every day, and then it cuts off.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is like a huge Buffalo Wild Wings or something. High ceilings, huge space, and there is literally seven empty tables, and the one table that somebody's at, there's two older women, Then there's an old guy at the bar that he high-fives. So he is one of, like you said, five people in the bar, and he's absolutely (laughs) crushing Bon Jovi karaoke. I also need
5: a ruling on song choice here, because if you're a Bon Jovi... Die Hard like he is, and you're doing karaoke. I'm not sure you can do this song, well, which is relatively new. Like you need to go deep track and show off your knowledge of the whole Bon Jovi catalog. Well, he's here. been there
1: all week, so. Again, he's, <laughs> so he's already deep on his set list. Yeah, yeah. It just, it's like
5: if you're an Aerosmith fan, you he's pick going Jaded. Down you can't you can't do the you can't do the Armageddon song if you're an Aerosmith fan. You got to do Dream On or something from the actual heyday
1: of Aerosmith. Okay, so if Kevin Wall's been at this Buffalo Wild Wings for seven days now doing karaoke. He leads with "Living on a Prayer," right? That's yes. That's that's night one. Is night two? You give love a bad name, or it's my life. It's now or never. That's a good one. See, I I'd, I'd argue. What's, what's night two? Well,
5: well, I'm a big wanted dead or alive guy. Okay. So that might that's early for me. Okay
4: you say you give love a bad name?
1: Did yeah. You? We got that one. I think love a bad name is my night two. Then I think Wanted Dead or Alive is my night three. Because those are all slippery when wet.
5: Yeah. <laughs> you got a girl there. Do you throw bed of roses in at some point? You
1: could throw bed of roses if, in. If she's under 70. <laughs> but again, where does it's my life come in? It's my life and is now on new. I don't want to live. Or- and then you finally get to Zara, Zara, <laughs> Zara, Zara. I think he wanted to drum up the whatever crowd was
4: there and be able to give the mic to them and let them go nuts on the Zara. It's, right. it's all right. He's a showman. He, he
5: was
3: wanted to put on a performance, he not is. just sing. Right. You're right.
4: He is playing to the crowd there. He maneuvered his way throughout all those tables. Uh, he really? says his capture was something like, "If I could be, a, you know, I, you know, my my time to be a rock star, or something like that." Well, we didn't mention bad medicine.
5: That's a good one. Oh, yeah,
1: good one. All right, that's your sound check. Mr. Andrew Bogus is a kind, sir. He has headlines.
5: And they're sponsored by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. Apparently, there are two and a half Cubs fans on the show this morning, and we're all having a good day so far. And the pitch to Swanson. Drilled in
2: the air to right field and deep. Back goes Fairchild near the wall. That ball is gone. Three-run homer, Dansby Swanson. Cubs lead five to nothing.
5: Pat Hughes on Cubs radio. Chicago led five nothing before making its first out of the game. They scored thirteen times over their first four abs. Dansby Swanson went deep a second time. This team clubs seven long balls total in a twenty-nine route of the Reds. The Cubbies have won nine of eleven. They are four games behind Cincy. In the NL Central, three and a half back of the Brewers for the last wild card spot, Milwaukee snapping. A four-game skid with a 6-4 win in Washington. In Houston, Framber Valdez tossed the 16th no-hitter in Astros history, but the first by a lefty. He faced the minimum in the 2-0 win over the Guardians, his lone walk, a race, and a double play. And again, all of that happened after Justin Verlander came back to town. Houston also getting at least $35 million from the Mets to pay part of JV's remaining salary while sending two outfield prospects to New York. Rams receiver Cooper Cup did not finish practice yesterday thanks to a hamstring pull. There is no timetable for his return yet. And the Las Vegas Aces are the first WNBA team this season to clinch a playoff spot. Eight consecutive wins, 24-2 and overall, after a 93-72 decision over the Dream.
1: DA, back to you. Thank you, Bogues. When we come back here on the show, we have a champ and a chump, and we've got your phone calls as well at 855-212-4CBS. DA, CBS Sports Radio.
2: Only one letter separates them, but they're galaxies apart. One is a true winner. One
1: is a pathetic loser. This is DA's champ or chump. All right. My champ on the morning is Panthers quarterback and number one overall pick Bryce Young. Because when he was at at Alabama, before he got that big NIL money, he admitted as a freshman, he was running DoorDash. And he talked about not being recognized because he he wore a hoodie and he just kind of like kept to himself and was low-key. He was also a freshman, so he wasn't as recognizable as his Later years to Alabama, but could you imagine being the Crimson Tide quarterback, being a big-time recruit, obviously, and running DoorDash? And he said, look, I was just looking for some extra money. And I think that's the type of thing that makes Bryce Young who he is in such a, an endearing guy, and I think a guy that's going to be very successful. He's never said no to work. He's never said no to just grinding. And without an ego... How many quarterbacks at Alabama, Ohio State, pick your massive program, would do DoorDash for extra money? I mean, it's pretty cool. So I like Bryce Young a lot. I thought this story was was kind of foundational to why I like him, and I think he's going to be very, very good at the NFL despite being undersized. He's my champ. That's DA's champ. Don't be afraid to work. Kids, don't be afraid to work. That's the point. My chump, the U.S. women's national team, who just nearly got skunked in the group stage and was really lucky to get out of the group stage by a scoreless draw and a ball that hit the post in extra time two nights ago. We talked about this yesterday. I mean, that's a really embarrassing way. We'll talk about the U.S. women's national team at the top of the hour, but... They have to be the chumps because the way they played listlessly in the in the group stage, all three of their matches, was really, really disappointing. They are the chumps. That's Da's chump. Class is now dismissed. Jeff is next up. He's in Pittsburgh on the phones here on CBS Sports Radio. Good morning, Jeff.
2: Good morning, gentlemen. How are we this morning?
1: Doing well. How you doing?
2: Not bad, Da. Um. Uh, After careful consideration with friends and family, I, Jeff, from Pittsburgh, I will be withdrawing my application for the EP position. Oh, wow. That being said, I am now endorsing the electric Irishman, Tom Doyle,
1: a.k.a. Pat Boyle. Oh, he's got your official support. Pittsburgh is rocking with Pat Boyle, DA. Wow. For what reason?
2: Uh, he's an enthusiastic young lad, unlike myself. <laughs> he's not bad for the camera, dog. <laughs> and uh, I tell you, though, Carlos with a K came in came in second. Okay, he's, he's got to go stay in the minors for a little bit longer, but I think we bring him up somewhere down the road. Okay. But my main reason, DA, real you quick, dog, without for withdrawing my application is I've seen what the New Yorkers are doing to Mraz. Yeah. They are absolutely crucifying this man. Yeah. And I can't, I mean, once they saw me, they. I mean, it would be a field day.
1: <laughs> we need some of that Pittsburgh brawn up here. We need him. We need you over here to defend his honor.
2: Mm, I'll stick to my mid-level market and phone calls.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jeff. I like the support, the official endorsement coming from Jeff in Pittsburgh to Boyle because he's not bad looking on the camera. Just like Gordon in Vancouver. A lot of male fans for Pat Boyle out <laughs> there and his good looks.
0: <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact.